the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Last week we talked about why Christians should care about the Holocaust. This week we asked the same question about why they should care about Israel as we celebrate its 70th birthday. Stay and listen as we look at Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israeli Independence Day, which was celebrated this past Thursday and all throughout the week. Let's begin our time together with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, we rejoice, O Lord, that your scriptures are so clear about Israel and, and both in the past and the present and even the future. And so we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your love and, and, and your covenants and, and how you keep your promises, Lord. What, what a blessing it is to be in the kingdom of God. So, Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, for your anointing on this day as we celebrate your nation, your people, the people in the country of Israel, Lord, and, and that you would receive glory from this time that we spend together and we talk about Israel. We bless you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, uh, just a couple of thoughts. Our March of Remembrance last Sunday was postponed. You know, the weather was terrible, wasn't it? Windy and raining. Not good. So I'm asking you to attend today because we've rescheduled it and we're praying for the weather to be good. So the purpose is to never forget the Holocaust, support Israel, stand against acts of genocide around the world, raise awareness of the danger of remaining silent and motivate people to pray for America, Israel, and the world. Sounds like a great march, right? We're meeting at 4 p.m. today at the Holocaust Museum in St. Pete. Come bring your churches, make large signs, and walk with us. 
If you can't walk, then meet us uh, at 5 o'clock at Straub Park uh, for music and inspirational speakers. And then our program after that, we'll walk back to the Holocaust Museum. So we'd love to see you this afternoon. Normally, each week, I would demonstrate the counting of the Omer, which we are currently doing. However, because of time, let me offer this to you. If you would like to count the Omer each day, which is a a wonderful devotional booklet, some 60-some pages, we'll send it to you free by email. We'll just give you a link uh, uh, of the email, and you can click on it, and it can be on your computer or your phone, so you can do this each day. Call Karen at 813-831-831. Five six seven three, And as I mentioned, today we're going to talk about Israel. We'll look at its modern-day history, but first we should start with the scriptural foundation for Israel, right? Past and future and present. You might want a pencil and paper in order to write down all the scriptures we're going to mention because we're going to go through a fair amount of scriptures, right? God's word is so important, and it's more important than our opinions or, you know, what people say. It It is the word of God, right? It's all about God and his faithfulness to the Jewish people and to the land that he gave them. Also keep that in mind as we look at Israel and the Jewish people, that it's all about God's faithfulness, right? It begins with becoming a people and receiving the land because God said that. So we go back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, we certainly see answers to this scripture um, in, in, in so many ways, and we can't go through all of them. But, you know, when we talk about being blessed— through Abraham, we see Yeshua the Messiah is is the blessing to the entire world. Amen? So, but God promises, he, he says he has a special land for Abraham, or Abram at that point, and his descendants. And so let's find out a little more about what God wants to do. He's promised this land And he's promised that it would go to the descendants and it would be a large property. Where do we see that? Genesis 15, verse 18. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So many people feel the river of Egypt is the Nile River. But we're not going to argue about that. Just picture any river from in Egypt from there to the river Euphrates, and it would cover 
part of Egypt, part of Syria, part of Jordan, part of Iraq, part of Iran, and part of Lebanon. So do you think Israel has all the land yet that God has promised? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Look, the promise by God was not only that this land would go to Abram's descendants, but it would be an everlasting possession. And you know, when I come to a word like everlasting, I have to ask you, how long is everlasting? Okay. Genesis 17, 7 and 8. Yes, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. In order to be your God and your seed's God after you, I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So, again, twice in this scripture, everlasting, meaning that it will never end. This is the promise of God, and that's why Israel is so important to us as Bible believers, because it's part of God's promise, and that's so key. Now, we we see the love and appreciation for the land in various scriptures, and we also see the love and appreciation for the city of Jerusalem. Uh, like Psalm 137, 1 through 6, by the rivers of Babylon, and this was when they were in Babylon, you know, not in Israel, we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors demanded songs, and our tormentors asked for joy. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing a song of Adonai in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I cease to remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my chief joy. Wow. <laughs> that certainly expresses it strongly. That's, that's what I call a passionist, passionate Zionist. Amen. So, Isaiah 62, 1, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch. And you know, if you go on this march with us this afternoon, you will be one of those who says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. Right? Okay, please join with us. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You who remind Adonai, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And so, since Jerusalem is not a praise yet in the earth, we need to not give up. We need to not take rest, but we are to go to the Lord and, and, um, and pray for Israel and Jerusalem. Now, look, many scriptures talk about Israel losing the land 
because of their behavior, their poor behavior, their sin, and then being brought back to the land. So as an example, Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15, Therefore, the days are quickly coming, declares Adonai, when it will no longer be said, as Adonai lives, who brought up the children of Egypt out of the land of Egypt. Rather, as Adonai lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had banished them, so I will bring them back into their land that I have that I gave to their fathers. This is an amazing scripture because we know that God was known for getting the children out of Egypt, but he says it's going to be even greater when they start coming out of the north, and the north was Russia. And if you look after um, at, at the um, history of Israel, you'll see that there was a great influx of Russians that started the whole idea of Israel becoming a nation again in the late 1880s. And then it says, so I will bring them back into their land. Uh, I mean, how could God be so specific in his word like this? It's, It's just amazing. Yes, God banished the Israelites from the land, but he also said he'd bring them back. God has promised to bring back to the land, but also to revive them spiritually. And we've seen a little of this within the Messianic movement, but we haven't seen what God has promised yet. In Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-four to 28, it says, For I will take you from among the nations. There it is again, you know, where God says, I, I scattered you from all the nations in the world. And then he says, now I'm going to take you and gather you out of all the countries and bring you back to your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Oh, boy, that gets me excited. I say amen to that. Verse 26, moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my ruach within you, my my spirit. Then I will cause you to walk in my laws so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. You know, if God only said these things once or twice in Scripture, we'd say, "Um, okay, maybe he doesn't really mean it. But, you know, I'm just giving you a few Scriptures. Just so, but, but I'll tell you, I could give you a wonderful uh, two-page list of scriptures having to do with Israel. In fact, if you would like that, just email uh, or, or speak to Karen, and, and uh, we'll be happy to send that out to you so you can study this, because this, this would be hours and hours of study as you look at the relationship between God and Israel, both past and present and future. So it continues. God also gives us an understanding of the present and the future. For instance, Joel 4.2 says this, I will gather all the nations, there we go again, gathering the nations, and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Mm. I will plead with them there on behalf of my people, in other words, the people of Israel. 
even my inheritance, Israel, whom they scattered among the nations, and they divided up my land. So we can see here that God is not happy that the land of Israel was divided, and so God is going to deal with that. We see it more in Zechariah two fourteen through 16. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I'm coming and I will live among you. It is a declaration of Adonai. In that day, many nations will join themselves to Adonai, and they will be my people, and I will dwell among you. Then you will know that Adonai Tzivaot, the Lord of hosts, has sent me to you. Adonai will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will once again choose Jerusalem. And that's very interesting based on what we're seeing in the Middle East even now. But God is saying, once again, I have chosen Jerusalem. But he says more in Zechariah. We see it in Zechariah 12, 3. Moreover, in that day, I will make Jerusalem a massive stone for all the people. All who try to lift it will be cut to pieces. Nevertheless, all the nations of the earth will be gathered together against her. Doesn't that say what's going on now, right? It's talking about the fact that Jerusalem is going to be a stumbling block for the people of the world. And so they're trying to lift it to, to cut it to pieces and, and come against God and, and, and Israel. But he's, God says, nevertheless, these nations of the earth will be gathered against her, and we find out a little more in verses 9 and 10. It will happen in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Woo. Then I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication when they will look toward me whom they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Doesn't this sound like revival? And when is this going to happen? When God seeks to destroy the nations that come against Jerusalem. This is going to be coming up. Uh, I don't know if this is something we can look forward to, but it's something that God promises. And But what we can look forward to is when this happens, when these nations come against Jerusalem and, and God fights for Israel, then he's pouring out his spirit on all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem in a, a spirit of grace, and, and, and they're going to recognize Yeshua as their Messiah, and there will be tremendous revival Are you getting excited yet? I am. Then in Zechariah 14, after all of this happens in in verses 3 and 4, we see, Then Adonai will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in a day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Whose feet will that be? The feet of Yeshua, that's right which lies to the east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a huge valley. Half of the mountain will move toward the north, and half of it will move 
toward the south. We find even more information on this. After the war, so to speak, the War of Armageddon, uh, in Zechariah 14, 16 through 19, it says, Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzavaot, and to celebrate Sukkot. So, you know, many times after wars, the other people uh, have different things that come against them, you know, uh, different punishments. The punishment here is that they have to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Lord God and to celebrate this Jewish holy day of Sukkot, which comes in the fall. Furthermore, if any of the nations on the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Adonai Tzavaot, they will have no rain. If the Egyptians do not go up and celebrate, they will have no rain. Instead, there will be a plague that Adonai will afflict on the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Booths. So, this is an amazing scripture that God is promising to to all believers, really, that, you know, it, it's just going to be an amazing time. So, God certainly is clear about the past and the present and the future of the people and the land of Israel. Isn't it exciting that we serve a God that is so faithful and that as we look at how he has treated Jewish people and the and the the land of Israel and the people of Israel that he's going to treat you the same way because he's made promises to you covenants to you and that is what's so exciting well you know next week we're going to talk about uh the history of Israel not so much about Abraham Moses and and King David but more about so what happened in the modern era so to speak when did, uh, how did Israel even come about historically in 1948? What did they have to do and when did it begin and, and, and so on? These are the questions we're going to answer next week. We're going to learn not only, you might have heard about Theodore Herzl and, 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 but you might not have heard about an Anglican clergyman who affected Theodore Herzl in such a way that he could do what uh, he did with the Israeli Declaration of Independence. And, oh, it's it's going to be an amazing time next week. you got to come back, right? Okay, but before that, there is a march today. Oh, and you know what? Let me just say this. Um, we can apply last week's lesson on the Holocaust to this week on Israel. Number one. Never forget, never forget that Israel and the people and the land belong to God. Number two, never again shall other than the Jews be in control of Israel and Jerusalem. And never, number three, never be silent, which means we need to stand up for Israel. And if you come today, you will be standing up for Israel and standing up to say never forget and never again. Can we meet at 4 o'clock at the Holocaust Museum? Bring P. 
people, signs, churches, everybody, synagogues. Let's come together, okay, for this at 4 o'clock. We'll begin our march at 4.30. We'll have speakers and entertainment at 5 at Stroud Park. So, uh, and, and, and if for any reason um, we can bless you with different information, please let us know. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.